January the 25th. Father God, uh, thank you, Lord God. Lord, we expect the return of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you that he died on the cross and he took all our infirmities. He took all our sickness and disease. By his stripes we're healed. Thank you, Lord, that he has made us new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Lord Jesus has given us, Lord God, his victory, his triumph. And, Lord, we take it. We receive the spoils. We say yes and amen, Lord. Because of Jesus Christ, we are more than conquerors. Because of Jesus Christ, I am healthy. Because of Jesus Christ, I am wealthy. And because of Jesus Christ, I am joyful. We are joyful. We live well. We laugh often. And we love much because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are the light of the world. And we're brilliant. Lord, we thank you. We wait for your return. Lord, give us today our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anna, would you please take us to the readings? Sure. Um, okay, Genesis chapter 50, verse 1 through Exodus 2.10. Joseph threw himself on his father and wept over him and kissed him. Then Joseph told the physicians who served him to embalm his, father, embalm his father's body, so Jacob was embalmed. The embalming process took, took the usual 40 days, and the Egyptians mourned his death for 70 days. Wow. When the period of mourning was over, Joseph approached Pharaoh's advisors and said, Please do me this favor and speak to Pharaoh on my behalf. Tell him that my father made me swear an oath. He said to me, Listen, I'm about to die. Take my body back to the land of Canaan and bury me in the tomb I prepared for myself. So please allow me to go and bury my father after his burial. I will return without delay. Pharaoh agreed to Joseph's request. Joseph's request, Go and bury your father as he made you promise. He said, uh, go and bury your father as he made you promise, he said. So Joseph went up to bury his father. He was accompanied by all of Pharaoh's officials, all the senior members of Pharaoh's household, and all the senior officers of Egypt. <laughs> Joseph also took his entire household and his brothers and their households, but they left the little children, their little children and flocks and herds in the land of Goshen. A great number of chariots and charioteers accompanied Joseph. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad near the Jordan River, they held a very great and solemn memorial service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's father. The local residents, the Canaanites, watched them mourning at the threshing floor of Atad. Then they renamed that place which is near the Jordan, Abel Mizraim, for they said, This is a place of deep mourning for these Egyptians. So Jacob's sons did as he commanded them. They carried his body to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre. This is the cave that Abraham had bought as a permanent burial site from Ephron the Hittite. 
After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph, Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. Cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of our father, of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we're your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he assured them by speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim, and they lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh's son, Machir, whom he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, to, to Isaac and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians involved him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. These are the names of the sons of Israel, that is Jacob, who moved to Egypt with their father each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. In all, Jacob had 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. In time, Joseph and all his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So, the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom, and Ramses as supply centers 
they forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shiphrah and Puah. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden from, for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. <laughs> Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Amen. Amen. Matthew 16, 13 to chapter 17, verse 9. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, Let's see. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? 
Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the other powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hand of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Hallelujah. But Peter took him aside, began to reprimand him wow. for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. <clears throat> As the men watched, Jesus' appear, appearance was transformed so that His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. <clears throat> Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful. It's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters of memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my dear loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. As they went back down to the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Consider the character of God in Psalm 21. How can these qualities inform your prayer today? Psalm 21, 1 through 13. 
How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord. He shouts with joy because you give him victory. For you have given him his heart's desire. You have withheld nothing he requested. You welcome him back with success and prosperity. You place a crown of finest gold on his head. He asked you to preserve his life and you granted his request. The days of his life stretched on forever. Your victory brings him great honor. You have clothed him with splendor and majesty. You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy of your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. The unfailing love of the Most High will keep him from stumbling. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong right hand will seize all who hate you. You will throw them in a flaming furnace when you appear. The Lord will consume them in anger. Fire will devour them. You will wipe their children from the face of the earth. They will never have descendants. Although they plot against you, their evil schemes will never succeed. For they will turn and run when they see your arrows aimed at them. Rise up, Lord, in all your power. With music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. Mm. Proverbs 5, 1 and 6. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment, and your lips will express what you learn. For the lips of a moral woman a moral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is sweeter than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path of life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't realize it. Mm. Note. Now we will commence our commentary. Fernando and Anna will be commentary on what we just read. I'm just going to recap some of the highlights that I see are significant. Uh, for one, uh, I like the psalm because we put our name in there. And Jesus has given us that kind of victory. Amen. You know, we are, we are king that serve the most, we are kings that serve the most high king. And we, as, as small kings, we rejoice in your strength, O Lord, mighty king. He shouts with joy because he gives, we shout with joy because he gives us his victory. For, for you have given us our heart's desire and have not withheld nothing we requested. You welcome back us with success and prosperity. You have placed a crown of finest gold upon our head. We ask you to preserve our life and you gave us eternal life on top of that. You granted us our request. The, your victory brings us great honor, Lord, and you have clothed us with splendor and majesty. You have endowed us with eternal blessings and given us the joy of your presence, too, your friendship. <laughs> For we, your children, we are kings. We trust in the Lord with unfailing love. The Lord Most High will keep us from stumbling, even with your love. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, babe. You will capture all your enemies. Your strong 
Well, you can keep your start your commentary. Oh, okay. What what areas did you like now? I, I like all the beginning of this. Um, it just shows that um, our God is a God. It's a prophetic, isn't it? Prophetic? Yeah, He's very um, full of victory in every area of your life. You can have this. Um, success, prosperity, the finest gold, preservation for your life, a long life, great honor, and majesty, splendor and majesty. Man, Jesus is yes, Jesus is all over this. And eternal too. blessings and just joy in His presence. Um, wow, this is just great. The Lord will take care of any of your enemies. And, um, this is great. It's a good, good song. Okay, uh, because it speaks so much, there's so much in this Matthew 16, 13, 17 to 9. Uh, the, uh, some of the highlights that the book is, is pointing out is what does Messiah mean and why was Jesus called the Messiah? And the other one is... Uh, on the, today's study, okay, we'll read them in a little while, but the ones that I saw that hit me strong mm -hmm. was uh, the teachings of light, the illumination of light that, you know, Christians that light up is, um, that, you know, it's just as easy as, as, as a, a, a light has been switched, has been turned on when you're born again and you're saying the scriptures and you're full of the love of God and doing service work. Mm -hmm. You know, the happiest people universities has done is the people that do put two, three hours of community service a week are happier, they laugh long, they're healthier, they live longer. You know, just thinking of others. It's amazing, huh? Amazing. Jesus said... I, that's where I'm, ha I'm my happiest, when I'm helping somebody. You know, like when I go to my, with my mom and I'm really helping her, that just gives me... I just get so much... Um, we call that satisfaction from it. You know, it's great. Yeah, you're you, we're going to make you uh, an evangelist, baby. What do yeah. you call it? Okay. okay. Trying to be funny, but it won't come out. Okay. All right. I like, uh, okay, the, if we go back a little bit where the rock, um, on this rock, and what it is, 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 is it says it's on this revelation. Okay, so he was building up to something when Jesus was asking him, who do you think I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living mm, God. Beautiful. And he says, on this statement will I build my church. I am the Messiah, the son of the living God. So that's where he calls him a rock. Wow. On this I will, build my, my, I will build the keys of the kingdom. I will build my church on that statement. Okay. <laughs> Human beings had taken that and, and more, read more into it and built Catholic churches on top of that statement. You know. Okay, then we move on and it says right here. Now, I've read this in different translations, the keys of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, whatever you forbid on earth, whatever you forbid on heaven. Mm -hmm. And uh, in, in essence, he's saying, the works that I do, you will do also. Mm, beautiful. Okay. The works that I do, you will do also. In other, you know, because you read it in different translations, you know, he is saying, you know, whatever you, you know, prophesy, 
in accordance mm, yeah. to heaven's mm. in accordance to heaven's laws and heaven's uh, will, God's will, it will be done to you. Yeah, you know, um, that's a, that's really good right there. Really good insight. Really good. Yeah. It's years of reading, baby. Um, well, it's just you're right. You you prophesy your future. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Um. You know, it, it's just like when we prophesy for someone else. You know, when we pray prophetically. Um. You know. If I if I prophetically declare, you know, on earth as it is in heaven, there are no there's no alcoholism in my brother. You know, if I I'm speaking to that, forbidding that on this earth. Yeah, I've seen him. So, it's you know. And seen him. And I'm bringing heaven down. Heaven's, you know, in Using heaven. Your imagination that yeah. you see him whole, free, yeah. doing good works. Yeah. So that's why it's very important that we prophetically speak what we don't see yet sometimes you know for what's under the will of the father the father's will for him to be healthy and whole and draw near so uh that's that's excellent you know lack as jesus is prospering in every thing he does so are we in this world down here so we got to remind ourselves that this is this is this is important this is one of the keys of the strategies of how the kingdom works learning to access what's ours already on the, because Jesus paid it at the cross he did it at the cross he, he was obedient you know he sacrificed for us to have these things and there's a lot of scriptures to back that up you know 2 Corinthians 8 9 for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich he became poor so that for our sakes we would become rich and you know rich is yes prosperity but also rich is rich in peace rich in joy rich in health an abundant life that allows the glory of god to shine through you so that others can come to know jesus amen so that you'd be attractive huh? yeah now um thank you lord it's one of the keys you know uh the the uh peter he's representing all humanity he is responding the way we all do you know yeah. and i was you know we always want to build altars we want to build memorials yeah. you know <laughs> and yeah. uh it's interesting the uh the transform his face shone like the sun and his clothes mm -hmm. even became white as light suddenly you know I'm reading that book of The Healing Light by Agnes Sanford. Mm -hmm. I think it was in the 47 in London. Mm -hmm. And she explains it really good how, uh, even back then, explaining how molecules respond to words. And that we have 75,000 trillion uh, cells in our body. So that's why it's so good that you give yourself a pep talk. And I like when you do that, babe. You get up in the morning, you're like... And the lady says that... Uh, they don't respond to commands, they respond to suggestions, to loving suggestions like a friend. Ah, would you please do that with me? Come on. Let's 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 be excited today. Let's see how excited we can be. You talk to your body. I command you to be excited. That's why so many people, kids that are in the ministry, then their parents talk to them like that. Their their cells right up put I'll Resistance. show you and they and they get into a destructive path. 
is because when lovingly suggestions, I don't know what it is, the, God, the way God has made us, but God speaks to us with suggestions and love. You notice it. He doesn't yeah. give us really commitment. Right. You know, he right. just, most he of the Holy Spirit is just right. loving and suggestions. Right. Actually, even though in the Word it says that we're commanded to do certain things, we get spoke. Our spirit gets dialogue with God, and it's it's always a very us. gentle, gentle, loving, kind, compassionate way. You're yeah, right. you know, we, so we have to speak to ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. let people say, "I'm going to get on a diet. I'm going to stop drinking. Right. I, I, I right. need your body." That's and all in your self-effort. Your subconscious says, "Tenga, tenga." Yeah, so uh-huh. we'll see who's boss. Yeah, yeah, I've been but there. But you say, "Hey guys, what do you think we uh, we learn a little new thing and have fun?" Let's try it, you know. Amen. Okay, so it's a wonderful world. It's a beautiful world. Like the, the the old farmer of Iowa said, gosh, if I only can learn wisdom before I get old, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one thing about this mountain of transfiguration, since you, you're in that area. Um, so, Peter. So, Peter... James and John were allowed to go to the mountain of transfiguration where they saw Jesus in his rec- resurrected form, right? In his white, with full of light. Oh. Oh. Um, is it that important? Okay. So, resurrected form. <laughs> and then... Moses and Elijah appeared. So, it says suddenly. So, Moses represents the law and Elijah the prophet. But, they began talking to Jesus and they saw this. God, can you imagine being transformed taken to see this amazing sight, this glorious sight. And um, it's it's a little bit of like, because I think in Revelation it speaks of Moses and Elijah returning or somewhere returning back in the end times. I don't know where that is, but They show up here, and they're, you know, sort of like a, I don't know, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but. Oh, so one of the things that's important here is um, when when the Lord spoke, when God spoke, overshadowed him, it said, a voice from the clouds said, this is my dearly, be- dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Okay. Not to Moses, not to Elijah. Listen to him. And that's after, uh, let me go get these memorials and build you these things. No, you're not going to focus on these two. You focus on Oh, good my son. point, babe. I yeah. forgot about that. Very yeah. lovingly, he yeah. says his word. A bright cloud overshadowed them. A bright cloud and a, mm-hmm. and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great, great joy. joy. Yeah. And notice that also to a point that God never says nothing about pride. It says, Please me or brings me great joy. We're the human beings that always say, I have pride in my son. I have pride in my job. I have pride in my accomplishments. Right. And then God yeah. says, I hate pride. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I would take that literally. Uh-huh, yeah. The so. disciples were terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen, and you were saying earlier that as we commune mm-hmm. and we wait upon Jesus and we, we take communion and we talk about Jesus, that it brings the Father great, great joy. Uh, great yeah. joy. How was yeah, that, he, he, gets, he loves it when his son is, is brought to his attention because it's his part mm-hmm. of his glory. It's glorifying him, really, when you look at it. So it's uh, <clears throat> amen. It's a Beautiful. great remembrance. Remembering he's going to come back. We're hopeful. We're you know we're we're not a a glum lot like you always tell us all the time. There's hope in Jesus. You know, it's just. Uh, you know, I I just want to say uh, kudos for this Bible translation, which is the. Uh, the New Living Translation, One Year Bible Study Bible, 365 Days. Because it breaks down and it tells us exactly what the, uh, you know, what we need to know in here. And so eloquently it's put together. I, th- I think it's a great translation. And uh, James Robinson also loves this translation. Mm-hmm. He, talked, he sent me one and I devoured it and destroyed <laughs> it. ate it up. <laughs> <clears throat> but this one right here where it says, now watch, I'll give you an example, uh, where it says, uh, where he says, uh, get behind me, Satan, when Peter started to reprimand him, and he says, for saying things like this, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never <laughs> happen to you. He's <laughs> just like us human beings, huh? And then Jesus said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. Now, it says right here, see, this is significant. You are a dangerous trap to me. Uh-huh. Okay, your thinking is a right. dangerous trap to me. Right. So we have to see, watch out. We have to figure out what people are doing. Don't put Jesus Christ as his work ahead of them. They are trapped to us. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, <clears throat> not from God. Now, that's a significant uh, translation that they put that right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're, you know, so we can understand what's going on there in the Greek stuff. And <clears throat> you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, right. not from the point of view of God. Mm-hmm. And then he wants, if any of you wants to be follower, you must turn from selfish ways. Look at like, I can be working on a car, that would be selfish ways. Or I can be praying and listening to, to sermons or reading the Word of God. Or getting ready to be illuminated so I can talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. See, that's that would be a selfish way for me to pursue um, <clears throat> a mechanics career or electronics or so forth. I, I that's what I believe. Or, or cooking or something. In this time of my life, the best thing I can do is to take up my cross and we follow Jesus 110. percent mm-hmm. You know, we're a family that that you know we. They didn't want time with other people. We want to spend mm-hmm. time in the Word of God. Yeah. And you, working with new people. You know, we got new, we got, yeah. we got little disciples coming along with us. Yeah. You know, it, it's this part about taking up your cross and follow me. You know, a lot of people take that out of context. It doesn't mean you carry the burden of the cross that Jesus has already oh, paid for. Oh, a good for. point. But. You, you know... You get rid of your self-righteousness, you know, that you're, you know, the one who gets your own power to get wealth. Um, All the selfish ways that we think we're all that. 
right? Mm -hmm. we, we need to turn to Jesus and follow him and his ways of righteousness and his ways of, of, of the abundant life and his, uh, his ways of, um, you know, I love that some of the teachings we were talk, uh, listening to yesterday and today is just tell somebody about Jesus and what he did, your testimony. In your testimony, what Jesus done in your life, you have many testimonies. Um, and just talking to others about who he is, is, you know, a way of evangelizing to people without forcing the gospel down their throat. You know, it's just planting seeds. You know, you plant the seeds for the harvest mm -hmm. to come, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, you know, we're supposed to pray for the laborers to come because they're few. So... This is just, we really need to, um, you know, we are not meant to carry burdens in our own earthly body. That's for, you know, cast your care upon the Lord, all your burdens, for his yoke is light. That's, that's what Jesus is there for. He are, he's the one doing that. He's got the power and the strength for that. So we have to remember, it's not I'm going to take this cross and I'm going to sacrifice you know, I'm going to sacrifice this and that. We're not the sacrifice. By like a million, we're not. Um, so, Good but, point, but, Good but giving point. your life up for his sake, you will save it. Um, you know, it's really not following the ways of the world, like Kenneth Copeland always teaches mm -hmm. us, you know. We are not under the, like Jerry Savelle, we are not under the dominion of the world. We are under the kingdom economy. We are under the, the kingdom health. We're under, we're not under this, you're going to get sick, you're going to get that cancer, this and that. That's not us. We're a different people. And I think that that's very important. It's just, but if you give up your life, it's not like you're going to give up laughter and joy and peace. You're going to have all that. You know, if you don't have that, what's the, what's the use? What's the use? Amen. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, we're moving on a little right here. Amen. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the... Uh, for the Son of Man will come mm -hmm. with His angels mm -hmm. in the glory mm -hmm. of His Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Okay? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, that could have been the resurrection right there mm -hmm. uh, because because of this next statement. Mm -hmm. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So in other words, he was going to be resuscitated. Re resurrected. Resurrected and come back in his kingdom. And, that, you know, that's mm -hmm. plain as can be. Uh, I don't think it's talking about his second coming. It's talking about his glory. In the glory of his Father. And would judge all people mm -hmm. according to their deeds. In other according to the Pharisees and the people mm. or the ones who just crucified him. Mm. You know, the ones that are going to automatically, you know, they already automatically going to go to hell because of they didn't believe. And even all the works that they did. Yeah, you know, he, he came to, to, if I was God, he came to put the slate correctly. Right. Not going to wait till the end of the age to put this right. situation correctly, right. you know. As soon as they, uh, those other people pass away, they will receive their uh, their deeds. Yeah, but you know, this is talking about before, like after he 
Well, this is what I believe. I believe yeah. it was the three days. Cause he, yeah. It says, yeah, yes. It says the kingdom right here, man coming in his right. kingdom. Right. And he said the kingdom of God is at hand. Yes. It's available. Yeah. It's interesting, but because but I tell you the truth, some standing here right now. Yeah, John. And it says, will not die before they see the Son of Man. So they're going to be around to see this glorious event, yeah, which they did in the book of Acts and everything. Yeah, when the Son of Man coming yeah. in his kingdom. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So it's kind of like you say kingdom, you say, well, when Jesus was telling people, you know, um, the kingdom of hand is, the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm here. If you take me as your Messiah, these are the benefits that come along with it for the Jewish people, right? Uh -huh. Israel. And that didn't happen. But this is the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, watch this. Um, he resurrects. And now because he went to the cross, the Holy Spirit comes and falls, falls down on... Everyone, not everyone, but Amen. The, the disciples and the, the people that were praying in the upper room, um, and it's available to all of us, the Holy Spirit. You know, when we when we say yes to Jesus, so so that so anyway, it says coming in His kingdom. Okay, so before He says the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, but the, this time He's saying coming in His kingdom. Um, the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now we got Jesus, you know, who died on the cross, brought the Holy Spirit, greater works, just the church, you know, um, a kingdom life, a kingdom life. Okay, I'm going to read it um, with an easy to read version, Matthew 16:24. Then Jesus said to his followers, If any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. And any of you who try to save the life, you, you have, will lose it, but you will give up. But you who give up your life for me will find true life. It is worth nothing for you to have the whole world if you yourself are lost. You can never pay enough to buy back your life. The Son of Man will come again with his Father's glory and with his angels. And he will reward everyone for what they have done. There you go. Everyone for what they have done in context. Uh, if you give up your life for me, okay, he'll reward them for what they've done. Believe me when I say that there are, he's still talking to them about rewarding them. There are some of you people standing here who will see the Son of Man coming with his kingdom before they die. Uh, beautiful. They're carrying their cross. So it's all in context that these guys are going to see the kingdom. Amen. Amen. That's really good. That's a good. Let, good. let me uh, really quickly, for the sake of uh, Jesus, uh, Matthew 16 says, When we don't have the teaching, a relationship with Christ, our choices are focused. Today's study of Matthew 16, 26. When we don't have a relationship with Christ, our choice are focused on the here and the now as though there were no existence after death. In reality, our lives here are the beginning of eternity. Our lives and choices here have an impact on our eternal existence. 
Similarly, the reality of eternity can have influence on our lives and choices here. The cars we drive, <clears throat> the clothes we wear may be very fashionable today, but in the light of eternity, how important will they be? The movies we watch and the music we listen to may keep us culturally relevant, but do they have value in the eternal world? How does eternity shape our aspirations for social status or civic honors? There are all important questions to ask ourselves and answer as God's Word gives us insight. Evaluate your lifestyle from an eternal perspective and you may find yourself prioritizing and choosing differently. Amen. Amen. Good point. Okay, most asked questions. Uh, what does Messiah mean and why was Jesus called the Messiah? The Greek term Christos is translated in the Hebrew Mash, mash, mashahika, mash, mashahika, mashahika, anointed one, anointed one, and both terms are translated into English as Christ or Messiah. The Judaism term of Messiah was understood in a variety of ways in the Old Testament. Mashiach, referred to various people, not all of them honorable who were specially anointed by God for a variety of reasons of task. Exodus 28, 41, 1 Kings 19:16. The prophets, a prophet expected a future Messiah who would usher in God's kingdom. Daniel 9, 25 and 26, Zephaniah 9.9.10. The dominant expectation among Jews in Jesus' time was that the Messiah would be a political warrior who would lead Israel to victory over its oppressors and reestablish Israel as a separate kingdom. Some Jews saw the Messiah as a forerunner of the kingdom of God, the community, community of Qumran, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, expected a Messiah who would function both as priest and as a political warrior. Given such ambiguity, it is not surprising that Jesus avoided using this, that title. He thought the followers that he, he would suffer according to Isaiah's prediction, which Jews interpreted as referring to the nation of Israel as a whole. Isaiah 52:13, 53:12. He would fulfill <coughs> the promises of Abraham. Genesis 12. 2-3 and 17-6. Jesus emphasizes a suffering and service as the path of victory collide with the popular Jewish <clears throat> paradigm of the Messiah as a royal conqueror. Matthew 6, 21, 28, 20, 25, 20. It was, however, God's means of bringing about His kingdom. Luke 2, 25-32, John 17, 37 12, to 50, 12, 37 to 50, and Acts 2, 29, 36. Yeah, the reason being is a lot of Jewish people are still waiting for the political Messiah as strong as going to... They're still there. That's why they, they, they're they hooked up and they got those curls on the side. Well, you know, they're Old Testament yeah, believers. Right. They, 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 they see those prophecies, but they still are... <clears throat> and they see the... the, the 
people born again and, and the Christians are better than do better acts than these guys do. You know, the 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 followers of the the Jews that follow these, these, these things. And that's why they have a big we have a lot of Jewish Messianic Jews, Messianic Jews. like the guys that, that are coming in so strong. All right, moving right along, let's go to the Old Testament. <laughs> Matthew just seems like we really do. It's beautiful, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's just a lot comes out from the New Testament. It just There's a pops lot. out at you. Ah, There's you know. a lot more in there. We can yeah. be there for, for days, huh? Okay, let's go ahead and recap on uh, what we read on, on what significant things. One of the things that popped out for me mm -hmm. is that I, I believe we get a lot of hurting people in, in life and in general is because they have not mourned successfully mm. not a skillful mourning right here the Egyptians had it down you know I mean they would have they would say 70 days of mourning in other places Moses I think said 45 or 30 days of mourning when Moses died right here it says the period for mourning is 70 days of mourning <clears throat> to, in other words, to purify your heart with the hurt of someone passing away. A lot of us go through life <clears throat> with unmourned actions. You know, we, we have hurts in us, but they haven't been mourned out all the way. You know, they haven't done, mourning hasn't done its, its completion. And sometimes we start to like that, you know, habitually. So we, we do actions that will hurt our mourning process and we continue to mourn. I think there's a word for it called masticus or something like that. Say the masticus. So in other words, we, the beauty about taking time and, and meditating, you're actually mourning a little bit when you're yeah, meditating. Yeah, actually that's a real good point because, you know, we can't explain why somebody leaves the earth or at the time you know people have a tendency to say well God took them the angels needed somebody all oh, that is not correct because God is really a God of life so death is something that takes place and I you know I can't say well that person died because they had sin in their life or you know the, the disease that came upon them even though they're a Christian we don't know some of these things but people that are left behind that, are, that mourn for those people now what happens is there's a proper way to mourn as you indicated and I think you know it's it takes being in the presence of, of the father daily so he can he can help you through that mourning process and show you love and then so you can you can get back that joy and to move forward you know so so I think that there's there's a proper way to mourn through those things, but it involves the Father taking your heart and, and, and pouring out His love over you. At least at least for 30 days. How can you see? We can't imagine ourselves do that for 30 days, mourning 30 consecutive days of mourning. Right. We don't even do seven days. Yeah, you know it. it you know, like Pastor Prince always uh, teaches that. The person who's gone, and if they're born again, they're in great spirits. But we're still hurt. We still hurt Our down here. It's us. That we're left behind. So, but right. we have to rejoice with the, you know, at the same time. Right. 
You know, we miss we miss our our, yeah. our parents. There, there's there's a, a mourning of too much mourning uh, really defers the heart. <laughs> too much mourning, yeah. Yeah, that, you know uh, you that happens too, huh? You, that can stop you. You start getting uh, self-centered or mm-hmm. what do you call it, self-pity. Right, right. That's the problem with so much mourning. Depression, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They get rid, get it over with, but. Which is. That's Get it over with, with the Father. Work through it with the presence of the Father and the light. Over here they have another one. They say, Solemn Memorial Service with a seven-day period of mourning for Joseph's so father. So, and all in all, they bought him for 40 days, and then they went to go bury him with the seven days. They probably have a seven, 70 days. 70 days. Uh Because of all the work they did. 40 days of embalmment, and then the travel. Maybe it took 30 days to travel up there mm-hmm. with all that procession, you know, just, and then they, then they mm-hmm. actually mourned yeah. for seven days, a real mourning, and then they came back, so it probably took all that time for, for them to do that. Uh, let's go down to the brothers. Now, remember, the brothers weren't born again when they said, don't be afraid of me, and right. my God, that I can punish you. Mm-hmm. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I can give lives to many people. Do not be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Now here we go again. This is significant because we can use this for every problem in our lives. Don't be afraid of this problem. I am God. I am, you know, uh, I will be good to you. Don't be afraid. Yeah. I will continue to take care of you and your children. Just give me thanks for the situation. It's not intended to harm you, but that God's work will bring come out of it for good. Yeah, and, and that we, you know, it really does take a significant shift in your mind because, you know, you have to ex- see God and expect good. You know, see God in compassion, see God in His love and mercy. And when we have a poor view of God, this is what we, we're afraid. Many are afraid, you know. Um, because Especially if you're not God. born again. Especially what you Ooh. see in movies and this and that and all this anger, you know, or how it's preached at the pulpit. But for the most part, you know, in the scriptures, we'll show his mercy when the Israelites were complaining, but he still took care of them with the, the pillar of fire and the cloud. You know, in his mercy, their shoes didn't wear out. In his mercy and grace, he fed them quail. I know, you know? I, amen. I don't know how many millions and millions of people have said, I prayed, I asked God for his will, and this happened. Mm-hmm. And they get bitter towards God. Or, or they say, well, it doesn't work, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I gave, I prayed, and my life got harder and mm-hmm. harder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and my kid ran off and everything, you know. And, and you find a lot of discouraged people out there that they, they wholeheartedly came to try to work the thing. And, but only if they would have... Uh, they, they, the, the humbleness process that God wanted to do in our lives was to say, Lord, I'm going to praise you for this problem and mm-hmm. thank you no matter what. And don't let, you know. Yeah, that's a hard... Hard. I'm gonna you thank gotta, it you. takes lots of practice. I'm going to thank you and praise you. Mm-hmm. If, you want me to, if you want me to have this problem, I'm going to thank you and praise you for mm-hmm. this problem for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. I'm going to be a good student, a good child, mm-hmm. and just thank you and praise you with this with this situation here. You know, you have, you know, you have 
and then and then you keep praising him and thanking him and the metamorphosis happen you know you become gold you become purified seven times maybe seven problems you need it'll be purified to get to the point where you uh, where you just glow with love you know I mean, I went to a McDonald's once and they had a disabled kind of person, you know, with some kind of uh, taking my order. And the ladies there were very bright. He said, oh, John will take care of you. John will take care of you. And then he looked at me and he said, I'm just, I got my truck idling outside. I'm going to hurry the Rouse Grocery Company truck out there. I want to order something. Oh, this guy's going to be slow. Man, and I'm thinking, you know. You know, how compassionate McDonald's, you know, they hire these kind of people, I'm thinking. <laughs> and you know, the guy goes, he looks at me and he goes, can I help you? And I, and his love, yeah. to this day I'm talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just like, he just, he operated in love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and, and he just, just, just didn't consider his handicap or anything. He was just, he expected me to respond in love. Yeah. And wow, man, I said, that's nice. what God responds to us. And, and if you don't listen, he'll make you more handicapped, you know. I mean, he'll cut your, your, your options. We need to rejoice, you know. I mean, that was a bad statement. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. we got time here. It's a good deal. Uh, I was going to ask you if you'd like to go ahead and read the uh, Today's Study or Exodus 21, see if anything pops out of there. Moses' mother took a great risk placing him in that basket. Anything could have happened, but she trusted God's goodness to provide. God used her courageous act to begin his plan to rescue his people from Egypt. God can accomplish his plan for our lives with just a little faith on our part. Focusing on our human predicament may paralyze us from acting because the situation may appear humanly impossible. But centering our thoughts on God and His power will help open up new possibilities. After all, what is impossible for people is possible with God, Luke 18:27. Right now you may feel that your troubles have created an impossible scenario with one or two choices and no good solution. What if God got involved? What impossibilities would become options? Is God impressing one of those options on your heart? What step can you take to act in faith and look for God's next step? Well, that's beautiful. You know, that, that said to me that a little prayer on my behalf, Jesus, God can take that mm. and use it. And he has mm. for many people. Amen. Hit my knees, a little prayer, mm-hmm. a little faith on mm. our part. God is so mighty, so strong, He can go ahead and, and give us the energy and, and act in faith and look for God's next step. That's what we can do. What's next, God? What steps can we take to act in faith? And then we wait upon God. It says to be courageous and wait upon His next instructions. After you pray, after you meditate and read, and you're ready to go, and then say, okay, God, now you take about 20 minutes and wait and you know you give him a chance to um, harmonize the day's work for you you know what he may want you to not to go to this meeting but just you know to be open to do something yeah i like the way it says what if god got involved wow 
You know, it's like any circumstances. Well, what if God, you know, what if we consulted God on that? What do you think he's going to say? You know, yeah, just, what, what if we involve God? You know, maybe he's got a solution. You know, he obviously has a solution, but many more solutions. But if, if you don't sit still and get that, that direction or the wisdom for the solution, then... You know, one you time, stay stuck in the predicament. It reminds me when I bought those five acres of land up in Oroville, and I put a little trailer in there, and I and I and I, I had a dream that church people would go up there and fast and pray. Uh, Pastor Cho has a, a mountain that people go up there. They're sick. They'll go up there and they they got little holes on a mountain where they can pray. They call them grottos or something like that. And they have had incredible uh, healings up there for cancer and all kinds Really? Of stuff. You go up there and you pray. And you, you know, you'll stay there. You know, they got eating facilities and everything for the church. The church does, does that. Wow. And that's what I wanted. But I didn't, you know, um, but, I, but I knew that when I started praying, I was going to get all kinds of positive options in my situation. That wisdom would come and I would have to write those things down. And sure enough, man. You stopped, like you said, and you meditated, and what impossibilities what God had uh, uh, in store. And, you know, just an incredible amount of suggestions, you know, because I was backed up on my car payment. I had, you know, like any everything else, you know, we, uh, you know, bought the piece of property. I'm making payments on the, on the property. And then work. I don't remember what work I was doing if I wasn't doing it, you know. Uh... I think I had gotten some money from some uh, one of the legs of the back or the shoulder or something, and I used it to buy property. Okay, <laughs> but I was uh, I fasted for nine days out there, nine days of nothing but water, and then the water starts tasting terrible. So you got to mm -hmm. go to cleaner, cleaner water. Uh huh. And then it, it was you don't fast in the middle of uh, July out in that area because uh -huh. it's so hot. Mm -hmm. So I had a, I went down into the into the city, into the air conditioned uh, show. In the lobby. With the smell of popcorn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> only lasted nine days, man. I wanted to go for two weeks. <laughs> okay, I heard enough, Lord. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on right here. Um, it's amazing. The other thing that, that comes to mind, if, if uh, you know, the Egyptians caught the Israelites off guard because they said they were... They, they, you see the... Uh, you got to see the uh, the Israelites. They weren't warrior material at this time in their lives. They were treated so well and they were prospering so much. They were like a bunch of lambs out there. And the Egyptian yeah. says, "There's millions of them. We got to organize it and put them, turn them into slaves." And there's more of them. How come more of them? The Egyptians were always uh, with their swords and their spears and their chariots and so forth. So they had a military power that the Israelites did not have. Yeah, because remember we read that in the previous chapter that they were like, they got their land, they were prospering, fruitful. Yeah, remember? you know. And now all of a sudden we turn around and they have multiplied. An amazing multiplication. Yeah, the way but, you start to but see they, they, Abraham's But they, they had their, their, their loving rituals of mm -hmm. loving God. Mm -hmm, right. You know. mm -hmm. I didn't have all the observance of the Moses Law yet, but they, they were servants and they were humble. And they're hardworking too. All the leadership were humble and fair. Mm -hmm. And they naturally worked off the land. And they figured the Egyptians were going to be humble and fair. 
but mm -hmm. you know the Egyptians you know captured all them and made them turn them into slaves mm -hmm. now remember the Egyptians already had slaves because Joseph had instituted that yes when he took yes. all the right. you know, so a lot of them they had hey we need more of these slaves right and we got all this pool of people right, right. here just playing around in the hillside with their sheep mm -hmm. <laughs> let's organize them so they can start helping build these pyramids that's what I see yeah you know um, it, it's just amazing how you know, they just multiplied you know that's the Abraham the promise that God made that your descendants will multiply Amen. and be numerous so um, the new leadership that came in didn't really know their background so they he didn't really know Joseph but then as they um, it said they appointed brutal slave drivers over them, number 11, um, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. It says they forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. Wow. But, good. listen to this, it said, but the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So they began to work the people without mercy, and they made their lives you know bitter and so forth but you know even the oppression cost them to multiply it's like the hand of God is like mm. on them you know it's just even more wow and <clears throat> I wonder if they were taking the Sabbath day off I knew they had a day of rest uh, at this time you know uh, you know, says God rested on the Sabbath day then. In other words, they, what I'm trying to say is they had some form of spiritual power to able to handle all this. And that's a great yeah. point you, you pulled out. That mm -hmm. uh, You know, it says right here that they build these two cities. Mm -hmm. is, you know, and with their great... Uh, mm -hmm. So they became engineers, you know, uh, financially. They became great mm -hmm. people through this mm -hmm. oppression. Mm -hmm. To this day, mm -hmm. they have that anointing. Yeah. The Zuckerbergs, the Spielbergs, and, and, and we and we've been grafted into yeah. the, these are our grandparents. Many, we've been grafted into this family line, mm -hmm. you know, in the spirit. That's who we are. Amen. Yeah, we, and we receive seed. income from that. They get paid. Mm -hmm. Now we're that's why we're, you know, we receive income from this, from all the work they did, and they didn't get paid. There's mm -hmm. a void. So that's why I said my daddy is rich, and the whole earth knows it very well. Amen. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it is scriptural. Your daddy the, owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He doesn't Amen. need our offerings. I like, I he like just the, wants our Thanksgiving. I like the way God, uh, moving on, the way he honored the uh, the midwives by giving mm -hmm. them families of their, their own, own because mm -hmm. they feared God. Yeah. You know, they, they, wrought, they wanted to obey God rather than mm -hmm. man. Yeah. I, and the, did you read that part where he says, they, they, the babies uh, are born so fast, faster than they can handle. They probably were, you know, very vigorous. Vigorously, people. they said. It says. They, 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 they would hang like this and let the baby fall. Mm. And when Moses was, was, you know, how it was of God that uh, his own mother got paid now for taking, you know, God answered their prayer in such wisdom that uh, not only was the baby shield, but it was protected by Pharaoh. 
the uh -huh. daughter, and the mother got paid for nursing because yeah, he's only three that. months old. Yeah, I saw that. But how does she, yeah, I was wondering, how did she recognize that was his mother? Yeah. Well, the baby girl went, the, the little girl, the sister, uh -huh. Miriam, uh -huh. went following him, see what happens to him. You know, she uh. was about nine years old, and she ran alongside the river and saw everything going down. As uh -huh. soon as they picked the baby up, she goes, you know, she started liking him, and then the little girl ran up and says, right here, says, do you want me to call one of the midwives to take oh, care of her for okay. you? so she really knew who the mother was. That was, the, yeah, that was her, her brother. Okay. You know, they just set him up. She ran up, and then the midwife came, and she goes, hey, you want me to take care of her for you? And she goes, here, I will pay you. Take care of this baby. Oh, so they gave him oh, right back the okay. baby. She took him home, and now they're, they're living in luxury because uh -huh. they're getting paid. 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 So they're able to buy more food, better yeah. things. And I guess when he was weaned, when he must have been about two years old, three years old, the mother brought him. Back. Brought her back. So and it was an older boy, though. Yeah, about older. two, three years old. Later, the boy was older. His mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. So your brother probably broke the mother's heart. Yeah, that must have been hard for her to... But it was, uh, you know, she was paying him, and she probably visited him. But she knew he was a special. There was something special about him when she put him in the basket. You know, with faith in God that he Amen. was Amen. How do you know he was a special child? Yeah, you, know? you have to know your spirit that this is from God. You know, the there's anointing. something guiding her to do this. You know. Amen. Blessed be the Lord God. Thank you for today's teaching, Lord. Give us fruit healing light, Lord, in our souls through Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus. May we be one in the body of Christ, Lord, and we're carrying our cross, Lord, to the best of our ability. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen.